Mary Jane. That's what we're going to be talking about today, guys. The peanut butter and molasses flavored taffy top candy. Originally made in 1914 by Charles Miller. Named after his favorite aunt, Mary Jane. Later made by Stark Candy Company. No, not Tony Stark. And now Neko. The candy has had a little girl on its wrapper since day one in 1914. And today that's what we're going to be talking about on Carpool Chemistry. We're going to talk about why everyone is fighting over those little peanut butter chewy candies. I mean, what's the big deal? Why is everyone fighting over it? Maybe, I don't know. I mean, dentists probably hate it. Have you ever tried those things? They'll rip your teeth out. They'll jack up your braces. Maybe everyone's up in arms because uh, some creepy guy named Charles Miller named it after his aunt, his favorite aunt. Who has a favorite aunt? And why are they naming candies after him? I don't know. Sorry, aunt, if you're listening. Uh, if I ever make a famous candy, I'm not naming it after you. Okay? Maybe, just maybe, everyone's up in arms because the rappers make Perfect doobies. You roll them up, smoke the devil's lettuce. That's what we're really talking about today. We're talking about the real Mary Jane. Like I said, the devil's lettuce, marijuana. We're talking about cannabis today on Carpool Chemistry. We're going to talk about, is it really a miracle drug? Or is it just fodder for stoners? And so here we go. Get ready to dive deep on Carpool Chemistry. What's up, guys, and welcome back to Carpool Chemistry. Hopefully, if you so, if you're listening on the Anchor app, I hope you enjoyed our intro song of uh, "Because I Got High" by Afro Man. Uh, so, I thought that was a good a good segue into what we're going to be talking about today with cannabis and marijuana. Um, just a quick overview of what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, I'm going to give you an overview of cannabis, just a brief history, and, and just kind of give you some basic information about what cannabis is and and uh, how long we've been using it and stuff, just a little bit of a history of it. Then we're going to get specifically into uh, THC and CBD, uh, the two main ingredients that are active in marijuana, and then we're going to talk a little bit about their molecular modes of action. And then we're going to talk about cannabis law history and uh, how we are in this, you know, hot topic of today and what laws have led to this, uh, what's going on. We're going to talk about some of the claims about cannabis on both sides, some of the stoners claims of what it does and some of the crude prohibitionist type people, uh, their views of cannabis. And then we're going to talk about some dipstick of the day that I met on Facebook, and then we're going to recap. So with that, let's, uh, let's make like Bob Marley and blow this joint, huh? So let's just start out right off the bat. What is cannabis? Uh, if you live under a rock or something, or if you, I don't know, you're, <laughs> Yeah, let's just leave it with a <laughs> rock. So, cannabis. It's, if, if you didn't know, if you just thought it was just a weed or something, it's a flowering plant in the family of Cannabossiae. It's originally from Asia. 
Um, it's also known as hemp. And when you're talking about hemp, a lot of times you're talking about the fiber and it's not in its non-drug uses. I'll say that the main ingredient in cannabis, the psychoactive chemical in it is called THC or tetrahydrocannabinol. And cannabis has been used for thousands of years for all sorts of uses. Um, the oldest written record of cannabis was by Herodotus when he was talking about uh, a group of people that would use cannabis steam baths. And he wrote how they, they would have these really hot stones and then they'd throw the flour on the hot stones and make this steam and they would all just have a good time. Which kind of, I mean, it sounds like a good time. Throw some flowers on some rocks and you just feel good for the rest of the day. Weed steam bath. The first vapors. Um, and some people even seem to think that with the Hebrew translation that actually cannabis might have been used in anointing oils. So for all those super religious people out there, weed might have been in Moses' oil. I don't know. We don't know for sure, but it could be. I mean, it's, you know, Egypt and all that, it's it's all over towards that area where marijuana was from, and it was being spread quite a bit. Um, and then... Let's see. So it stays over in Europe, Asia area until about 1545 when Spain imports uh, cannabis to Chile for fire production so they can make clothes and stuff. So I always I always thought that's funny. Like we call this thing marijuana, which is obviously a Spanish name. And so you always associate it with Southern America or Central America. When all actuality, cannabis is from Asia. It's an Asian plant, which is, uh, which is kind of funny, and it'll kind of tie into some things later. Um, so a little bit on the effects of marijuana. The main effects uh, that you think of when you think of somebody as high or stoned come from THC. It's, it's a very psychoactive uh, drug, it's it has some mind-altering effects, but for the most part, it just causes relaxation. Um, and depending on the dose, it can last up to days, uh, feeling small effects throughout the days. THC breaks down in our body by our liver into, I'm not going to do the full name, but it's it's 11-OH-THC, and this metabolite, meaning it's, it's being broke down from THC, it increases heart rate and increases hunger. This is where you get the munchies coming from. The munchies that you associate with people being high come as their highs coming down and that THC is being broken down in our liver, Okay. And then it can break down further and have a little bit of adverse effects. Um, but for the most part, not, not too bad of an effects. Another chemical in uh, cannabis is called CBD. 
CBD is a, uh, it's what's called an isomer of THC. So an isomer means that it has the same chemical formula, has all the same atoms and everything, but they're just ranged slightly differently. Slightly different. Sorry. Um, <clears throat> so it's similar to THC and it's probably made from, well, it is made from the same original molecule that THC is, but it's gone through a different enzymatic process that makes it slightly different. And CBD uh, is actually the one that most people are wanting to use for medicinal purposes. And it basically is just a small stimulant. They compare it to, uh, to like caffeine and some of its, uh, effects is that, uh, it, it just kind of increases mood, increases, uh, appetite helps mind focus. A lot of, a lot of things that I read said that it kind of counteracts the mind fogginess of THC, um, which I thought was interesting, but THC much higher concentrations than CBD. CBD is only about 40% of a cannabis act abstract extract science on the brain. I said abstract, sorry. <clears throat> um, a little bit on these and a little bit on cannabis in general with a comparison to nicotine and alcohol, marijuana is much less addictive. It still can have addictive properties, um, as can, you know, uh, caffeine or sugar, as in that you can develop a dependence on them. But, uh, so there, there are cases of marijuana dependence. I mean, and I'll talk a little bit about that later when I talk about what is actually going on in the body with these chemicals. And some basic uses of cannabis. Um, it's used to reduce nausea, vomiting uh, in, in like cancer patients and improve appetite in AIDS patients. And it can decrease pain and muscle spasms and can help with epilepsy and stroke. Some short-term adverse effects of cannabis is that it can make you dizzy, uh, it can make you hallucinate, it can make you tired. So uh, that's a pretty hard trip. And then long-term, they don't, they don't know for sure, but based on some of the things that have happened from other people, and we'll talk about why this is, uh, it can mess with your memory abilities, can mess with your cognition problems. It can not mess with, it can cause cognition problems, can lead to some addiction. And, uh, they've actually found that it might lead to schizophrenia in, uh, younger people. So that's just like a basic overview of cannabis. So we'll get into a little bit more here in a second, but yeah, that's, that's like the basic overview of cannabis. What, cannabis, what you, what you're going to see if you go to the cannabis Wikipedia page. So I kind of have given you guys a basic overview of cannabis, just a real, you know, 
grazing the surface. Let's dive in a little bit deeper into two of the main chemicals that are in cannabis, what they do, what what effect they have on our body on a molecular level, and uh, why that matters. And we'll talk a little bit about uh, some of the synthetic chemicals that have been made from these, and uh, maybe we'll even get to some legality. We'll see. So, <clears throat> let's start off with THC. THC is the psychoactive chemical in marijuana. It is the chemical that when people are breeding marijuana for recreational use, they're they're breeding for high THC levels. This is in contrast with CBD. CBD, higher CBD levels are uh, selected for when you're breeding marijuana for medicinal use. And most of the time, THC, no matter what, THC is produced in higher quantities than uh, CBD. And it's probably just because of the molecular pathway. I mean, they're both they're both created from a similar molecule, so uh, it just probably has to do with that pathway that more THC is created than CBD. Um. So yeah, so let's start with THC. So the current hypothesis is that THC is produced by cannabis as a self-defense, as a defense mechanism against things like insects and animals eating it. CH, THC makes the plant taste super bitter and it causes this hallucinogenic effects. Um, THC reacts with what are called cannabinoid receptors and all animals have these cannabinoid receptors. Uh, and this THC, it causes them to trip. So it's supposed to be a deterrent to be, you know, high. The same thing happens with like magic mushrooms and stuff. It causes, it causes an adverse re adverse reaction in our bodies that causes the high. And that's supposed to be a deterrent, uh, Nature uh, didn't quite get that one right. Uh, at least, at least for humans, if they were trying to get humans, they uh, kind of messed that one up. Anyways, like I said, it's a self-defense. Um, but what THC does in our bodies is it, like I said, it uh, it reacts with these cannabinoid receptors, and THC specifically mimics uh, a cannabinoid, an endocannabinoid. It's kind of hard to say. There's a lot of ends in there. Cannabinoid. It mimics one called anandamide. So it mimics this. And anandamide, it has a lot of different functions in our body. Okay. And THC, it binds the receptor in place of anandamide and causes all of the side effects that we have. Okay. It causes the super high appetite causes relaxation, causes the high, causes the hallucinations, okay? 
those that come from this binding, these cannabinoid receptors. And luckily, uh, THC has a low affinity and low specificity. Well, luckily it has a low affinity, meaning that it doesn't bind very tight to these receptors. It kind of just like sticks to it and then comes off. Okay. When things start binding really tightly or like permanently, that's when you really start having problems. Uh, for instance, uh, just a little side note, just to explain the difference. Carbon monoxide binds to a molecule in our blood called hemoglobin. It binds to hemoglobin more tightly than oxygen does. So when it sticks to hemoglobin, it's stuck. It's not coming off until that whole thing is just destroyed. So that's why people die of carbon monoxide poisoning is because the affinity for hemoglobin is higher than what's actually supposed to be in hemoglobin. And so it, people end up suffocating because their body, even if there's high amounts of oxygen, their body can't do anything with the oxygen. The hemoglobin won't grab it. So just a little side note, just to explain what affinity means. It means like it, how tightly it binds, how, and then there's, it also has a low, THC has a low specificity, meaning that uh, it can it can kind of bind whatever it wants as far as cannabinoid receptors go. It's not super specific to the only, like, binding to one. Um, it's also been found that THC has what's called a phenyl group, and phenyl groups are very good at being antioxidants. Also, so another thing that, THC is thought to do in plants is uh, resist like ultraviolet uh, radiation damage and things like that. Um, things with phenyl groups, it's like a, it's a carbon ring and it has these double bonds. You'd have to like, just go look it up. <laughs> it looks like a stop sign with some extra lines in it. Okay. Not the same as a, it has six sides instead of eight. So it's not exactly a stop sign. If a stop sign had six sides and only some lines on the inside, uh, that's what phenol looks like, okay? A phenol group. Anyways, these phenol groups, they're really good at, they're really good at absorbing light, okay? These, these compounds, these cyclic compounds and these rings, a phenol is a ring, uh, like I said, they're good at absorbing light. That's how pigments in your skin work. That's how chlorophyll works in plants, okay? They're absorbing light, and it, it helps with the plant. It helps the plant to not have UV uh, damage because, I mean, plants, plants are just as susceptible as uh, we are to UV damage, okay? So... Uh, that phenyl group kind of helps with that. It's a mild antioxidant. Okay. One of these days we'll get into oxidation reduction, acid base type stuff. That's hopefully going to be an episode of the future. Just so you know, we're going to get into that stuff and maybe then you guys will all understand it. So THC, it has some medicinal uses. Um, like I said, it, it can drive up appetite and things like that. And so there actually is a synthetic T 
THC that's approved by the Federal Drug Administration, and it's called Dromabinol. Drob, drob, sorry, I'm a mush mouth tonight. Dronabinol. Dronabinol. Okay. I'm not going to try to say it again. Just I'm going to call it synthetic synthetic THC. Like I said, I'm a mush mouth tonight. Uh, so this is already FDA approved. They've said that it was safe enough to be in the public. And the synthetic version is okay, but for some reason we can't have the real version, uh, probably because marijuana is a Schedule 1 drug. And we're going to talk about Schedule 1 drugs later and, and how ridiculous it is that marijuana is a Schedule 1 drug. Anyways, so it, it can't be sold, but this synthetic version can be, which is a good thing. Uh, I'm glad that we can, if there's a substance out there that has medicinal properties, we can create it using organic chemistry and help people. Okay. Um, next thing, CBD is the other big one that you'll hear. CBD accounts for about 40% of marijuana extract. Um, some of the things that CBD oil can cause is, uh, or just CBD extract cause people to be sleepy, kind of have, uh, which is kind of interesting. It can have a decreased appetite, which most of the time if you're taking marijuana products, you want an increased appetite because you have chemotherapy or AIDS or something. You want to eat more. Weed makes you eat more, but seems to be more of the, that's the THC that does that. So CBD, it's kind of interesting. CBD and THC kind of have this uh, opposition to each other within the plant. And uh, it, it's, it's a very interesting dynamic that the two have. And, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know why it's so interesting to me, but yeah, they kind of have opposite effects of each other and yet they're in the same plant. CBD also kind of contradictingly is, is a stimulant. Like I talked about earlier, meaning that it can cause you to kind of wake up, kind of focus your mind a little bit. Okay. It's kind of like a caffeine. What's interesting here, like I talked about how, uh, the THC binds with cannabinoid receptors in your in your nervous system. CBD, we don't completely understand the molecular, uh, like we don't understand the reaction that it has in our body, which is kind of alarming to me. Uh, I don't, why we don't understand this yet is kind of beyond me. We, there's so much science out there, but at the same time, it also makes me weary that we're out there trying to pass this as a, uh, as a safe thing. You can't call something safe if you don't know it's, know its mode of action. Okay. If you don't understand how it works, you can't call it safe. And that I, I call people on that kind of t stuff all the time. You know, I did it with the essential oils thing. I'll do it with this. If you can't tell me how it works, you can't tell me that it's safe. Okay, you don't know all that it's interacting with, even though it may seem to have positive side effects. It could also have negative side effects. And I'm not arguing against CBD. I'm not saying CBD is not 
safe. I'm saying I don't know if we know enough to say definitively that it is perfectly safe. If we don't know the mode of action, we don't know all that it's interacting with. Um, so, I mean, I'm guessing since it is a cannabinoid, that it probably reacts with cannabinoid receptors, but who knows what else it's interacting with. So, all I'm saying, maybe CBD should go through FDA. And there are synthetic versions, I'm sure, of CBD that are FDA approved that... Uh, are fine to use medicinally. So those are the two major uh, things in uh, cannabis. And I know I kind of talked about it a little bit earlier. I wanted to go into a little more in depth of into the like molecular and mode of actions. So the next thing that I want to talk about is actually the law history of cannabis and and why that matters in this discussion. Okay. So, uh, to get really into this, we have to go way back to Jamestown. We're going way back to like 1620. Okay. Uh, King James the first, the one that is the same guy, the King James version of the Bible, same guy. Okay early 1600s, he tells people at Jamestown they need to get their ish going and they need to make some hemp because England, like he's like telling them they need to pull their weight, produce some hemp so we can have some ropes and stuff, which I thought was kind of interesting. <laughs> uh, anyways, so King James says, make some hemp, grow some cannabis so we can have hemp. So very early on, in American history, cannabis right there. Um, and it, and it, it's been an important part of our country. Cannabis, the plant actually was on the $10 bill until 1900. How interesting was that? Had no idea. Probably because I'm, I was not alive in 1900 to see the $10 bill, but I didn't realize that. Um, so it was on, it was on the $10 bill for like a hundred years or however long they've had $10 bills. Um, so yeah, it's kind of interesting. George Washington grew marijuana on his plantation in Mount Vernon. Crazy. Uh, probably had some back pain or something from the Revolutionary War. Uh, had to, you know, roll a doobie once in a while. It's probably why I had terrible teeth. Marijuana has kind of uh, been proven to make you have terrible teeth if you smoke it. So, if you don't want wood teeth, maybe you shouldn't smoke marijuana. Anyways, um, so, like I said, <laughs> cannabis, very early on, important in American history. We go a little farther, 1850s, 1860s, where uh, we start seeing laws that are making cannabis illegal or at least super regulated. And it doesn't state this specifically, but I can kind of see it. Uh, at the time, there was this huge influx. You think 1860s, 1869 is when the Transcontinental Railroad was finished. Uh, May 10th, 1869. 
Why do I know that? I don't know. Actually, I do know. It's because I'm from the part of Utah where the railroad was finished. Anyways, uh, so 1860s, there's this huge influx of uh, Asian immigrants from China and Japan and all that. They're coming over to work on the railroads. And what they're bringing with them, they have cannabis over there. Uh, cannabis used thousands of years by the Chinese, and it's like in their traditional medicine stuff. So they're bringing over their cannabis, at least their use of cannabis. They're also bringing with them opium. And uh, because of kind of the stigmatism that they had towards uh, these immigrants, people... I mean, people back then hated Asian immigrants. Like, they hated Chinese people. It's like, it was like a big deal then. Uh, there's lots of, lots of, uh, it's just as messed up of stuff that they did to Chinese people that they did to, like, the African Americans at the time. Weren't allowed to be citizens, things like that, just because, just because they were, had ancestors from China. Anyways, different story. But this hatred for and this discrimination against these Asian immigrants and their opium and just anything that was Asian in general kind of developed the stigmatism that it was bad or, you know, so whatever. It was just wasn't good. And opium and marijuana kind of get lumped in this, too. So you kind of start this trend that people uh, don't like uh, marijuana and stuff. And then we get into the early 1900s where you it really starts to ramp up. There's actually this uh, Harrison's Narcotics Act of 1914, which is super interesting, like Illuminati interesting. The same year there's a Narcotics Act was the same year that they started making the Mary Jane candies. Coincidence? I don't think so. People are like, you know what? My cannabis is starting to be regulated. Got a, you know, old Charles Miller. Starts slipping it in candies. And he's like, what do I name my candies? Who's my favorite aunt? Mary Jane. Still, I just can't get over how creepy it is that that dude invented this super famous candy. Names it after his gosh dang aunt. It's just... I don't know. Of all the people in the world to name it after, who names a candy after their aunt? When I when I think of candy, the last people I think of are my aunts. Once again, aunts, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I just I, you should be happy that candy and ants aren't in the same same thought bubble. So. Um, yeah, kind of funny. Harrison Narcotics Act, 1914, same year. Coincidence, Illuminati-ish going on, okay? So then, uh, in the 20s, you have the 18th Amendment, which causes prohibition. Everybody, you know, we know how well that went over. Uh, there's this 18th Amendment, and then the, for some reason, there's this uh, 21st Amendment that repeals it. So, 1937... Well, I'll take a step back. 1930, we have the we have the formation 
of the FBN, the Federal Bureau of Narcotics. And it has this guy with the last name of Ann Singer, and he's super prohibitionist, and he's trying to figure out what's the next thing he can, like, really go after. And uh, he wants to go after... Uh, he wants to go after marijuana and he kind of chose marijuana because at this time people didn't really like Hispanics, Hispanics smoke marijuana. So he starts going after marijuana and starts uh, just making these crazy claims that, like marijuana causes people to go psycho and kill people, causes people to be raped because of marijuana, just causes these, these people to lose their minds and just, you know, like, do things that people on, like, meth or heroin do. But then again, meth and heroin were still legal at the time. Anyways. Uh, and then 1937, this Anzinger guy gets influenced, him and Congress get influenced by uh, these wealthy people at the time. Like William Randolph Hearst, one of the richest men ever in America. They influence... Uh, politics of the time to do this marijuana tax act, which is mostly to kill the hemp industry. The hemp industry at the time, they were making paper. I mean, you can make paper out of hemp. You can make rope out of hemp. Another people that were trying to influence was the DuPont family that had just come out with nylon. And hemp was a competitor with, with those. So they have this marijuana, it's spelled marijuana with an H though. They have this uh, act that really regulates marijuana and, and taxes it and causes hemp prices to go way up. And as you notice, there's not a whole ton of hemp products today, even though it's like a really, it's really good fiber and makes, can make good stuff out of it. And then from then on, you just have this like escalating criminalization of marijuana and in the 50s in 60s it gets put as a schedule one uh narcotic and schedule one is the like considered the worst like lsd is a schedule one peyote is a schedule one um things like that like Considered by the government the worst kind of drugs. There's just no medicinal benefits at all. Whereas like cocaine and methamphetamine, schedule two. So riddle me that one, Batman. I don't know. Somebody really had it out for marijuana. And uh, you have this escalation of criminalization of, of cannabis up to like Nixon with his war on drugs, which was partly caused by uh, the war in Vietnam. Soldiers were going over and they were having to deal with all the crap going on over there. So they kind of got into some of the drugs, like the opiums and the things going on over there, and a lot come back addicted to stuff. And even uh, the FBN becomes further uh, matured, and it becomes the DEA. And everybody loves those people. So... That's and, and that kind of leads us on to the point where we are today. Marijuana, still a Schedule One drug. People are trying to change that. I uh, 
I just recently watched a video of conservatives, but actually uh, Senator Trey Gowdy, talking about how he doesn't think marijuana should be a Schedule One drug. It should be researched. It has medicinal properties. And he was just grilling this uh, this government agency over drug policy over it. And I, I and he's a, can, supposed to be like one of the most conservative people in in Congress right now. So like things are on getting better. But as of right now, especially like here in Utah, where I'm recording this from, uh, marijuana is still super illegal. Um, there's a few things like CBD oil is legal in Utah as a prescription for medicinal use. It's uh, I'm not sure if the synthetic THC is or not, but I know CBD oil for sure is uh, is legal. And like right now in Utah, you have Prop 2 where they're trying to legalize all uh, medicinal marijuana products, including like just the straight plant. And uh, it is, it is kind of interesting in that video, uh, the congressman that were talking about marijuana being a schedule one drug, like, even though like you may know that, uh, in Colorado recreationally and Washington as well, marijuana is legal recreationally, but federally it's still illegal, which means not really a whole ton of research can be done, uh, on marijuana because it is a schedule one drug. And most of the things that, uh, are done in this video. It was these congressmen talking about how right now there's one agency that controls whether or not there can be uh, studies done on marijuana. And basically the whole point of that government agency is to look at the bad things, like do studies on the bad things that happen because of these drugs. And so there's, there's stuff's already biased. They're not going to be looking for medicinal uses of marijuana. Luckily Europe it's pretty liberal over there. I'm not saying that like, you know, I'm not, I'm not taking a political stance. I'm just saying that it is. And they, it's legal over there. So they do lots of research on marijuana. So they're producing some, and we'll talk about that later. Um, but this video was talking about uh, marijuana being a schedule one drug and why. And because everybody knows that marijuana isn't, a, you know, it shouldn't be there for one. And because it is and it isn't, it makes the rest of the drug system, it, it makes it vulnerable. If marijuana is a Schedule 1 drug, but cocaine and meth are Schedule 2 drugs, you know, it, it shows that the system over there is corrupt. And there's no reason that marijuana, like there was, there's no empirical evidence that marijuana should be a schedule one drug is what they were trying to say. And so it kind of jeopardizes the entire, uh, war on drugs and, and, and this drug regulation policy. If a drug that shouldn't be schedule one is schedule one. I just, I thought it was super interesting. Um, so yeah, so that's that's kind of like drug, not drug. Well, it's a little bit of drug. Mostly marijuana law stuff. Uh, 
I thought I found it super interesting, and uh, I think it adds some context of what is really going on here in this whole uh, cannabis debate. So, guys, let's get into some of the the claims and the pros and cons of marijuana. So, uh, I think pretty much everybody realizes that I, I don't see anybody that argues the medicinal properties of marijuana. Uh, it's, it's pretty irrefutable that it has some medicinal properties. There's some debate to how many medicinal properties it has. And that's what we're going to kind of get into. So, Some of the claims is what is what causes a lot of the backlash against uh, marijuana. Like, and and some people just exaggerate some of these medicinal properties. For instance, uh, you hear all the time like the government doesn't want to legalize marijuana because it cures cancer. And the government's trying to keep us down. Why they don't want this cure, cancer cure? Because they're trying to control us. And Illuminati and you know space lizard, you know David Ike, all that craziness comes out when you start talking to people about the government not legalizing marijuana. Um, and this this association with cancer and marijuana kind of. It's, I think it's confusion. It's just like, <laughs> for instance, uh, so marijuana, as we've kind of talked about earlier, it does have some properties that help cancer patients. It doesn't, from all the research that I've seen, doesn't help with the actual tumor shrinking of, uh, of tumor cells. Okay, it, it doesn't kill cancer. What it does do is it alleviates the symptoms of, say, chemotherapy that causes people to be really sick. Uh, cannabis and makes it so these people can actually uh, eat. It makes them hungry. And also it lessens their nausea and makes them not throw up all the time so they can actually keep the food that they're now eating down. So that's a good medicinal quality. And I, I don't know if it's just because like stoners, you know, they're just like sitting there smoking their doobie or whatever. And they just hear marijuana, some of those own cancer. And they go, whoa, marijuana cures cancer, bro. Government doesn't want it out there. And then they go off onto their tie-dye hippie, you know, whatever. And this is, this is me stereotyping stoners. I'm not saying if you smoke marijuana, you're a hippie. I'm saying this is, I'm trying to just find somehow in my mind how people have jumped immediately that marijuana cures all cancers and the government doesn't want it legalized because of that. Talked about, I think, in the last episode that this whole government conspiracy that they're keeping cancer under wraps is ridiculous. Um so, like I said, I, th I think that's where the association comes from. People just heard marijuana associated with cancer, and they think that marijuana cures cancer. 
there's there's really not too much evidence out there to say that marijuana cures cancer. Uh, it it can help with cancer symptoms. It can help with a lot of symptoms. Uh, some of the other medicinal uses of marijuana include helping with epilepsy, helping with stroke, helping uh, with AIDS patients be able to eat again so they can gain weight, things like that. Helping uh, just just helping with things like that. helping people with multiple sclerosis. I've seen helping people. I've seen a few studies about Parkinson's um, and other uh, like muscle spasm type diseases. It helps with people that have chronic pain. Uh, it. I, I've seen CBD oil specifically. Uh, it's been able to help uh, people with PTSD. Marijuana as a whole doesn't really, there's not a lot of evidence that it can help with that because it can actually cause paranoia and things like that, which would not help somebody with PTSD. Uh, so there's some things it can help with. Um, and, and another myth that people always talk about with cancer is that uh, not only does it cure cancer, but it's, it's all natural and, uh, it's, it's, there's, it's not addictive and it's perfectly safe for you. It's, you know, that you can't overdose on marijuana. <clears throat> and I will say for the most part, you cannot overdose on marijuana. You, you can't smoke enough marijuana to overdose because, uh, and the reason for that is because other drugs that cause overdoses is because it starts inter like interfering with brainstem function and it starts interfering with like vital organs where marijuana doesn't interfere with anything like that. So, uh, like there was one study where they took rats and just like, shoved as much weed into them as they could until these rats passed out and they slept for three days and woke up and were fine. Um, granted the rats sound like they, you know, they were probably a little fried, I'm guessing. Um, so that's, that's one aspect that people say you can't overdose on marijuana, which is technically true, even though I think you can have too much and definitely do some damage to your body you're not going to kill yourself. You, you can't kill yourself by smoking marijuana, uh, at least by just doing the drug. I'm sure if you were to drive impaired on marijuana, you you could definitely hurt yourself. Um, other claims is that uh, it's perfectly safe. And that's, and that's not true, um, especially with smoking marijuana. Smoking marijuana, even though it is a, a faster, more effective way to get these chemicals into your body, that's why people smoke it in the first place. Um, smoking is bad for you, whether it's tobacco smoke, whether it's engine exhaust, whether it's marijuana smoke whatever smoke, campfire, anything, okay? Inhaling smoke is not good for you. It can cause cancer. Uh, these burnt 
carbon compounds mix with the moisture in your lungs and produce tar. And these tars, these carbon compounds, interact with the cells of your lungs and can jack stuff up, which causes cancer. Um, it's actually been shown that marijuana produces seven times, I think it's seven, pretty sure it's, uh, I think it's four, sorry, four times as much tar as tobacco smoke does. And some of this has to do with the fact that uh, marijuana smokers inhale more deeply uh, and hold the smoke in their lungs longer than tobacco smokers do. It's because they're trying to get high, obviously. So like they breathe it in, hold it, and then, you know, you've, you've, you've seen it in the movies, whatever. Um, people don't do that with tobacco smoke. Breathe it in, blow it out. So there's more opportunity for the humidity in your lungs to interact with these molecules and create tar. Um, and so marijuana can cause lung cancer. It's been shown to cause throat cancer. It's been shown to cause mouth cancer because of any time you're inhaling smoke and burning something and inhaling it, it can mess up the lining of your esophagus, your lungs, your mouth. It, it's, it's an opportunity for cancer. Okay. And, and smoking marijuana has also uh, been shown to cause bronchitis and cause emphysema, things like that. Okay. It's, it's not good to breathe in smoke. It's just good to breathe in air. That's the only thing you're supposed to be breathing in is air. Okay. It's oxygen and a little, mostly nitrogen and a little bit of oxygen. Okay. Well, you're supposed to breathe. <clears throat> um, so yeah. And like I said, the reason why people want to uh, smoke marijuana is because like I said, it's faster. There's uh, almost an immediate intake into the bloodstream with marijuana versus like if you were to put marijuana in a pill, it would take longer and have a, a delayed effect of the high. That's what causes people to like totally trip out on weed brownies is that they eat them and they don't, you don't get high immediately like you do with smoking. And so they eat more brownies than they should have. And then they get super high later because their body all of a sudden starts, you know, going through this THC and they're, they're, they're tripping pretty hard by that point. And there's different advantages of, of uh, intaking these marijuana derivatives or just marijuana in these different ways. For somebody that's, say, an epileptic, uh, marijuana's been shown to help with epilepsy. Uh, you, you know, you could either take these, uh, this, CBD as a pill and have a delayed reaction all day or when you feel like you're starting to have a seizure if you start to have a seizure then you were to inhale marijuana it would cause a this is me snapping an instant uh, or at least a very fast reaction that allow you to be able to you know have the effects immediately 
or, or pretty close to immediately. Uh, so that's, that's why there's different things. But like I said, smoking marijuana is everything that I've looked at is bad for you. You should never be inhaling smoke into your lungs. Now, um, if inhaling things, I'm sure, uh, if you haven't already, maybe I should make it and make millions is a CBD inhaler. Okay. You don't have to inhale smoke. You don't have to smoke marijuana to inhale the chemicals. You can use an inhaler. You could use a diffuser back to, you know, essential, like if you're essential, use diffuser. You could, uh, do a vape, you know, vaping as far as cancer in your lungs and stuff goes is better for you than marijuana. It's still, you know, I'll say for like tobacco vaping, I personally think it looks pretty stupid when people vape, but you know, that's just me, uh, my personal opinion. Uh, but you know, if, if you're in taking medicine that way, it's a totally different story than just like vape life, bro, just want to blow smoke for fun and smell like cotton candy. But <laughs> getting off topic here. Uh, yeah, so as far as that goes, there's also pill forms. There's topical forms of rubbing marijuana, you know, being able to rub it on something and having pain relief from it. Okay. There's these real medicinal uses. But these stoners go on and they exaggerate the benefits. And I actually think it harms medical marijuana's case because you have these stupid morons that want recreational marijuana legalized so bad that they start just making these stupid claims and you know everyone can see through that some of those claims are ridiculous and so they they just toss out all of it together that like oh people just want like it's pretty obvious when somebody just wants marijuana recreationally legalized okay um they, they don't care about the medicinal part they just want they just want to smoke it and and that honestly ends up hurting the chances of medicinal marijuana so there's all these crazy claims but at the same time there's also crazy claims on the other side and and, and I actually watched a video just this morning on my way to work uh, it's talking about these three major arguments, like the three strongest arguments against uh, legalizing marijuana. Um, the first argument was that, uh, kind of tying into last week's with the GMO stuff, they're actually breeding marijuana right now to have higher THC content than ever before. It's not... You know, they're, they're upping the THC so people get higher with less marijuana. <clears throat> Allows them to raise the prices of marijuana and stuff because it's stronger. But uh, people are saying that because of this, it's going to have bad effects everywhere. But at the same time, you could also breed these... Uh, if there was a market for it, like if there was medicinal marijuana, 
if there's a market for high CBD content and low THC content, like there is with like hemp products, then you could counteract these, uh, these TH, high THC plants. And the reason why these plants have high THC is because of the illegality of it. They're trying to cram as much drug as they can into smaller, uh, containers so that they can sell for higher prices, but keep the same amount of drugs. They're trying to become more efficient. And if we legalized it, uh, this was the rebuttal in the video. If we legalized it, then we can regulate the amount of THC that has to be in it, regulate the amount of CBD in it. And we could have, you know, just, just like tobacco and alcohol, we could have regulations. We could have surgeon general warnings, things like that. Okay. Um, the second major argument was that marijuana is a gateway drug. And it talked about how, uh, you know, teens have been found to try marijuana. And, and that's, I feel like that's the, the same thing that I hear all the time is people are like, oh, marijuana, gateway drug. You start smoking marijuana and you're going to get into way deeper stuff. And actually studies have shown that that's actually not true. That the number one indicator of someone's going to go into deeper drugs isn't smoking marijuana, but actually smoking cigarettes and drinking alcohol as a youth. That's what causes people to go into, uh, well, not, that's not what causes them, but those are better indicators of whether someone's going to go into, uh, seek out more powerful, uh, drugs. And it kind of talked about how the reason why we need to stop looking at what they're getting into, because we need to understand why, and this is kind of like, I don't, I really don't want to get into the debate, but it's kind of similar to the gun debate, like how people are like, we need to understand why these kids are killing people. It's kind of the same, like, why are people turning to drugs? We have mental health problems in this country. That's why people are turning to drugs. They have, they either have mental health issues or they have abuse issues. Like they have something traumatic going on in their life that makes them turn to drugs. And some of them are more predispositioned to become addicts of things and to try things. Okay, you have these problem children that uh, the likelihood of them trying an illegal drug is higher. And if we made them legal, it would actually might make it harder for them to actually obtain uh, these uh, substances. But at the same time, I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Kids are still able to get, you know, alcohol, even though it's regulated and cigarettes and so their people are still able to get them um, simply because they're, they're, they exist. So people are able to get them. I don't think you're personally, I don't think we're able to stop people from getting things. If they really want them, they're going to get them. So that was, that was the second argument. The third arg argument talked about how marijuana can be addictive and how it can be unhealthy. And I've kind of already discussed that, so I'm not going to go further into it. So, yeah, we, we can actually, I guess, the next thing that I'll probably talk about is the dipstick of the day. Okay, so this week's dipstick of the day uh, actually comes in the form of a conversation I had on Facebook. Uh, I have lots of friends on both sides of the aisle 
uh, politically, some that think, you know, that are very religious, very conservative. And I have friends that are anti-religious and extremely liberal um, and everything in between. And uh, I, I personally find myself somewhere in the middle of everything. Um, anyways, one of my more liberal friends, uh, at least uh, socially, posted something talking about the Prop 2 here in Utah. And I, I couldn't really disagree with what they were saying at the time, but I, I always like to look at the comments on his feed because he has an extremely diverse friend group as well. You have all range of things, but one comment just like stuck out to me. Most of the time, I don't like go and look for a fight, but I, I mean, I do scroll through and if there's something just ridiculous, I, I, I comment on it or if, you know, if I feel like I need to or whatever, but this person stated that, uh, there's this endocannabinoid system, which is true. And humans, he, he claimed that humans evolved we evolved these cannabinoid receptors to be able to smoke marijuana. And <laughs> I, I just had to laugh and chuckle to myself. Uh, like I said, the endocannabinoid system is real. And, you know, we, we really have these receptors. And THC and other cannabinoids that are in cannabis really do interact with cannabinoid receptors. But to say that we evolved these proteins to be able to handle marijuana, number one, flies completely in the face of evolution and just reason in general. Number one, uh, we've already talked about the health benefits and health risks of marijuana. The benefits of smoking marijuana would not cause enough of a difference to allow for evolving for a certain protein just to process cannabis. That is freaking ridiculous. Not to mention, like, they obviously don't understand how, like, they think just because something's called a cannabinoid receptor means that it's specifically meant for cannabis, that it only is receiving cannabis, which like I talked about earlier, THC mimics another can an endocannabinoid, a cannabinoid that our body is producing. It's mimicking that and attaching to that receptor. Um, just because we named something, we named it the cannabinoid receptors because we noticed that THC bound to it, not because it's meant for THC. We also have opioid receptors that are called opioid receptors, not because they're meant to receive opioid or attach to opioids. 
but because we found them because opioids attached to them, okay? They're just called that because opioids interfere with that receptor. So it's just like this ridiculous, obviously the person might have been high at the time. I don't know. But sometimes we, people are so far removed from the scientific process that they think that these things have always existed, that we've always known about the endocannabinoid system. And that, you know, we, we have evolved to be able to take in cannabis. And, and I tried to explain this to him and he just was not having it. Uh, the cannabinoid, endocannabinoid system is a, a system in our nervous cells. And like I said, it, it didn't, it didn't evolve to take in cannabis. It evolved like most modern drugs, most drugs that you take, they work because they mimic things that are already in your body. And I, and I don't know if I've talked about this already. It's been a long episode, but things mimic things in our bodies. Okay. THC mimics this anandamide. Okay. And, and antibiotics work the same way. They bind to certain molecules in a bacteria and cause the bacteria to die because that molecule thought it was another molecule. Okay. Uh, this is how a lot of things like caffeine binds to certain molecules that, that cause a ramping up of cyclic AMP. And we, that's why it's a stimulant because it, it mimics a certain, uh, molecule attaches to a receptor and causes a chain reaction. That doesn't mean we evolved to take in caffeine. And I, I, like I said, I tried to explain this to this person and they said, you know, we, we co-evolved with cannabis and, uh, that's just not true. Cannabis is thought to thought to have evolved and, and come about around 35 million years ago. Humans are have thought to come around a totally different time. So one is evolved without the other one. Um, and if we truly had evolved to be able to withstand cannabis or to be able to use cannabis, uh, a couple of things would have happened. Number one, uh, we wouldn't get high from it. There's no benefit to being high. There's no, you know, we, we would have evolved to be able to resist those side effects. Uh, similarly to, uh, there's, there's other animals that like are resistant to poisons of other animals. We would, THC is supposed to be a deterrent. And because we have the reactions that other animals do and the deterrative reactions, just because we're too stupid to realize that that is a deterrent, doesn't mean that we've evolved to withstand cannabis. Um, the other thing that would have happened is we would have become, not only would we not become high, we would become dependent 
on it if it if we had actually evolved to be able to do it. Um, another example would be, uh, for instance, uh, there's certain populations that have evolved to be able to drink milk and to break down lactose. People that can't do this are called lactose intolerant. Uh, this was actually something that we've evolved to be able to do. So, well, certain me, I've evolved to be able to drink milk. I don't get sick when I drink milk because I've evolved to be like, I didn't evolve, but my ancestors like slowly evolved to be able to keep producing the enzyme that breaks down lactose. And uh, because they were obviously it, it was a desired trait to be able to drink milk and, and not get diarrhea or whatever, you know, it, it was obviously something that was selected for. I can't find a reason for how, uh, marijuana and the eating of marijuana would be selected for to the point that we would have specific receptors in our nervous system for marijuana. It, it just, it doesn't work like that. We would be dependent on it or, you know, it would be a lot different story like it is with milk that, you know, and, and there's other things. Uh, another example of a dependency, uh, humans and primates are the only mammals that can't produce their own vitamin C. And it's thought that because primates and our human ancestors were so, uh, they had so much vitamin C in their diet that when the mutation came around that knocked out our enzyme that produces vitamin C, we, we didn't need that enzyme. So there, there wasn't a selective factor that kept that enzyme around because our, our dietary vitamin C was so high. That's why we can get scurvy is because we don't have an enzyme that produces vitamin C. We have to have it in our diet. So, uh, you know, that's another thing where now we are dependent on plants that produce vitamin C because we actually uh, evolved and took them in so much. And that would have happened with cannabis too. For some, we, would have, we would have grown if we actually co-evolved with cannabis, then we would somehow become dependent on it or they, it would become dependent on us somehow. That's how evolution and co-evolution works. So that's how, you know, we didn't evolve with cannabis. I'm not saying that our ancestors didn't use it. I'm just saying we, we aren't specifically designed, uh, to be able to withstand and intake cannabis. That's just a stoner's dream. I'm sorry. That's it's freaking ridiculous. And I tried to explain this, and uh, he actually brought the the he did what stoners do, or you know what people that can't understand what someone else is saying, and they throw out some some link to like some video that was like four twenty life org or you know some obviously pro marijuana 
website. And if you want to know if something's BS for sure, or at least biased, is if <laughs> whatever the topic is, if it's in the title of the source, then you know it's most likely going to be biased. If I'm talking about weed and it says 420lifeforever.com or, you know, Green Planet or uh, weedlovers.com, it's obviously going to be biased and probably going to be a bunch of, of BS, okay? Um, but... I, so I, I, I always go and watch them anyways. I, you, I can be open-minded enough to be able to pick out truth from a bunch of BS. And it was an interview with this doctor that supposedly is taking THC and uh, has been able to find that some cancer cells have cannabinoid receptors and says that THC can selectively kill cancer cells that have cannabinoid receptors. And I, I was able actually to find some of her papers, and I, and I was at home, so I didn't have full access to the, to the experimental data. I should have looked it up when I was in the lab at university. But uh, I did notice, and it was kind of a red flag to me, that she was the only person producing this kind of stuff. I just, I just Googled THC cancer on google scholar and her stuff's pretty much the only thing that shows up that she doesn't have really any collaborate collaborators like i said i'm freaking mush mouth tonight and and like i said that's a big red flag when you're the only person doing research on this either your research no one cares about or like there's some reason why she's really the only one in her field and it means that if, I mean, I'm not saying that her research is necessarily wrong, but I'm saying there's nobody, there's not another expert out there that can try to reproduce her data and uh, back up what she's saying or totally, you know, prove wrong what she's saying and, and keep her in check. So you have to be careful with things like that. If only one person is producing studies that, you know, something is good or bad for you, that person is it's going to be pretty one-sided because there's only one person on a side. So one-sided makes sense. So yeah. So like this, this guy starts sharing this thing and guys, this is why I made this podcast once again is because it gets to the point with a lot of these people that's not worth going on and continue to argue. I'm not going to convince them otherwise. I'm not going to, you know, it's not going anywhere. The conversation is not going anywhere. And that's why that guy's a dipstick of the day. He he doesn't he he's trying to do these big scientific things, try to talk about them, but doesn't have a basic understanding of evolution and how systems in our body uh, work. They don't outside things don't necessarily in, influence inside things. Just because you're smoking weed doesn't mean that your body's going to be like, oh, got to make a protein just to synthesize that stuff. No. And, and the, another thing that I tried to explain to him as well is that nature is kind of lazy. Um, nature will take one molecule 
and use it for everything. Um, that's that's a good example of that is like the hormones in our body. This The hormones in our body all have the same basic component and they just have these little tiny like modifications to them that makes them different hormones. Okay, it's taken one thing and modified it a little bit to do a specific purpose. Or, uh, you know, we have lots of enzymes in our bodies that are really super similar. They just have small modifications that make it so it has a totally different function. Or there's times in our bodies that, uh, like for an example would be bone morphogenic protein. Bone morphogenic protein uh, is a protein that is to, is produced in our body, and throughout different stages of life, it legitimately has thousands of different uses. From in development, it decides which side of you is your front and which side is your back. It decides later in development how long your arms are and how many fingers you have just all these different things and and you actually use it every day and every single one of your cells uses it for different functions your nature's lazy why would they you know reinvent the wheel when it can just take the wheel and make it a little bit different and it serves a totally different function okay and that's what's going on with nature and these cannabinoids they've taken taken this basic structure of a cannabinoid and our body's done certain things with it and a plant's done certain things with it and that's why they can kind of interact okay so that's what's kind of going on there um yeah so that's that's a little bit of soap boxing for me and uh This is going to be a shorter episode, but I feel like it kind of wraps it up pretty good that, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff out there on cancer and I'm not going to say definitively one way or the other. I will say that cannabis is not as bad as other drugs, but I will say that it is still a drug. Just like, you know, morphine is a drug. Just like cocaine is a drug. Okay. There's all, it is a drug. You're, there's no such thing, no matter what anybody tells you, there's no such thing as a drug that doesn't have adverse side effects. Okay. There's different risks and rewards. Okay. Your acetaminophen, your Tylenol, the risk to benefit ratio is a lot, you know, a lot different than methamphetamine, you know, there's a lot more risks to meth than there is benefits. So marijuana falls in the same category. While there is lots of evidence to say that it does have medicinal properties, it does, you know, it can help with certain ailments and could be a solution to a major drug problem that the United States has right now with the opioid cross crisis. It could help. Is it 
going to help perfectly? Probably not, because nothing ever does. Um, but there are still things that marijuana still has adverse side effects. You can you can produce like you can have dependency on marijuana. You can't overdose on it necessarily, but uh, you can have dependency on it. It's actually been shown to mess up uh, kids' brains. If, if they're smoking marijuana at a young age, uh, it can mess with cognitive development. Anytime you take a drug under the age of like 21, your brain's still developing. So if you start messing with the hormones like uh, marijuana and other drugs do, when their brain develops the different enzymes and different cells that are supposed to be producing these these hormones are going to be jacked up and they're not going to produce the right levels and then you have this person that's jacked up forever because they you know were messing with their hormone levels when they were a younger teenager or whatever so there's definitely risks that are associated with marijuana um do i think that marijuana should be recreationally legalized I'm not sure. Like, part of me doesn't really care. Part of me thinks that you know, whatever does. If if we're really a free country, doesn't matter if someone's, you know, smoking a doobie if they want. They can smoke tobacco and drink alcohol. And personally, to me, and from a biological biochemistry standpoint, I feel like tobacco and alcohol have a lot more risks than benefits compared to marijuana. Um, I think alcohol is a much worse drug than marijuana. But at the same time, uh, legalizing things doesn't necessarily make things better. Look at, I mean, alcohol is legal and we still have DUIs all the time. Tobacco is legal. And even though it's illegal for young people to have it, young people are still smoking. You still see kids smoke. You still see kids drinking alcohol, even though it's illegal for underage. It still happens. Kids are still dying of DUIs. I mean, not they're not dying of DUIs, but you know they're dying from drunk driving. And you know, legalizing full legalization is not the answer as much as full prohibition is not the answer as far as that problem goes. What I do think for sure is that marijuana needs to be researched extensively. There needs to be a lot of research going into the long-term effects, the mode of action of CBD. I know that it's been proven and shown to help with certain things, but we still got to figure out that mode of action. And that's what people like me are doing every single day. Um, I'm trying to, you know, determine the mode of actions of certain proteins in bacteria that infect people. Somebody needs to be out there, and I'm sure it's happening right now. Somebody's trying to figure out how CBD affects you know, it's mode of action and it's uh, what pathways in the body it's uh, influencing. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think I think medicinal marijuana, The personally, the legalization of it isn't necessarily a bad thing. But I also think that heavy regulation and, and caution should be taken with the legalization and moving forward with uh, with marijuana as a drug.
And with that note, I think if we're going to call it a drug and use it as a drug, it should probably go through the Federal Drug Administration. Um, and it can't do that right now, marijuana itself, because it is a controlled uh, Schedule One drug. And I think that's the first step is to get it to not be a Schedule One drug anymore. Um, that, that honestly, that's the first step. Legalization or medicinal marijuana, that's not the first step. You got it to not, you got to get it decriminalized, at least to the point where it's not a Schedule One drug, so that we can do research on it and fully understand it. Get it through the FDA, get it through all the proper channels so that it can be, uh, it can be safe. Um, with a lot of this medicinal marijuana stuff that it just kind of goes through its own little process. The FDA has very strict guidelines on to how something is going to be safe. And these distilleries, they don't have that. They're just kind of going off of whatever they feel like or what, you know, there's not really a lot of research out there onto what makes certain cannabis things safe versus not safe. So I think there needs to be a lot of research done. I think that there needs to be, it, we could legalize it, but there needs to be high regulation so that we can still say that we have a safe society with this legalization. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's, and, and just to wrap up, guys, when you're doing research on your own, I mean, I, I can't teach or tell people everything. You got to be able to learn to do research on your own. Look for stuff that's unbiased. I, I will say that uh, even though you shouldn't look to Wikipedia for all things, Wikipedia, as far as like chemistry stuff goes, is actually a good place to start your research. It has some primary sources. Wikipedia is not a bad place to research things use it you need i feel like the biggest thing that we need to teach people today is how to correctly use the internet everyone knows how to google stuff but nobody knows how to get something real and truthful from a google search and one of these days i'm gonna you know probably do and i don't know if i'll do an episode or do uh, a video on uh finding primary sources and and how to do an actual research into a subject that you want. And so I'm going to wrap up there, guys. A few updates. Uh, if you – I don't know what that beep was. Um, kind of made me lose my track. Sorry, there's a beep, and it made me uh, lose track of what I was saying. Updates. Updates. So once again, sorry this is coming out on a Thursday. I uh, I had a class that I was doing homework for. I, I did like half the episode Tuesday night and uh, ran out of time because I was trying to do homework for a class that I'm taking. School started for me now, so um, I actually uh, I actually dropped that class today. So uh, 
just because of other time constraints and stuff, not because of this or anything. I just not able to take that class. But anyways, not taking that class anymore. So I can, uh, I should be able to get these out on Wednesdays. I just posted a poll to a Facebook group called Carpool Chemistry. Please go join the group so you can be a part of the poll and vote on what topic we're going to do next week. I still don't know. I think there's six or seven options you guys can vote on. Um, and I'm, I'll probably end it early. So make sure you go and vote on that. Be on the lookout for that. Um, if you're not like already a Facebook friend with me or something, uh, just Google carpool. Not, not don't Google it. Search for it on Facebook. It'll come up. Add it. I'll add you to the group. Uh, and that way you can get updates on carpool chemistry. Uh, there's also, if you are my Facebook friend and don't know how to find this podcast, there's a link in my bio of my Facebook, and my Instagram. Um, but if you're listening to this, you probably have already found that link. So that was kind of dumb to say it's late. Another late night for me. Um, what other updates do I got? So yeah, guys, Please, once again, send me, you know, give me some feedback, uh, good or bad. I'm, I'm, I'm not sensitive. I can handle constructive, uh, constructive criticism. I'm, I know I'm not perfect at this. I'm trying to get better. I would like to think I'm getting better. Uh, I hope this has been informative and entertaining. It's, it's tough on some of these things that like, I'm not. I'm not a stoner. I'm not, I'm not an expert on marijuana. I just know that it's a hot topic and wanted to talk about it. So I did some research and got into some things that not everybody has time to research. And I don't necessarily do either, but I'm, I can do it more efficiently than others uh, because of my background and because of what I do for a living. I'm, I'm able to understand some of the things that's going on and can take a different look at it. So, yeah. Please, if you have any feedback, email me uh, at carpoolchemistry at gmail.com. If you, you can also text me, PM me, whatever. Uh, DM me, PM me, whatever. Uh, Message me if you're actually friends with me or something. Let me know what you think. Uh, And yeah, uh, just let me know ways I I can be better at this. Um, yeah, I, I, I want to keep improving this at the same time. Like, I hope you guys don't completely judge me. I know I get things wrong. I, I listen to these episodes after I publish them and I'm like, oh man, I should have said this or I said that wrong or whatever. Like I I do get things wrong. I'm human. I make mistakes and I'm doing this at most of the time at two o'clock in the morning so that I can, you know, have a normal life outside of this. So I make mistakes. A lot of them are just because I'm tired and doing this way too late. But um, I hope my ramblings are somewhat entertaining. I hope everybody learned something from this. Please let me know if there's any topics you want to do. I have a list of about uh, 30 topics as of now, and that list can continue to grow. But yeah, I I think I'll wrap it up there. 
this was episode five on, you know, cannabis. I hope you guys learned something. I hope, I mean, I, I tried not to sway anybody's opinion other than just the facts. I, I, there's good and bad on both sides and, you know, so this is make your own informed decision on how you're going to vote or how you're going to look at things. But I, I, I hope this helped. And so with that, uh, I hope to see you next week on Carpool Chemistry.